You're listening to Kiss My Aesthetic, your go-to podcast for bragworthy branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. Let's dive into the episode. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I've got a repeat guest and a lovely lady with us here today. Welcome back, Joe. Hello. I'm excited to be here. Oh my gosh. It's always good to talk to you and catch up and we have a lot of things to catch up on. Um, But first of all, if people didn't listen to your first episode, which is all the way back in season one, episode number 35, can you please tell us again who you are and what you do? I'm Joe. Um, I live in Northwest Arkansas and am a content creator. And I was a wedding photographer prior to jumping into content creation full-time about two years ago. And I'm a mom and a wife and uh, a uh, caretaker or supplemental caretaker for my mom. And uh, I don't know, I'm a wide array of things. And you know, the last couple of years since I've talked to you, I've gone through a lot of feeling, I think, lost. So it's almost hard to answer the question because I'm like, okay, I don't know. What, what do I do? Who am I? Right, right. Because there's so many categories that you're living in. I always describe you as like, she's just really lovely to follow. Like I see your content and it makes me so happy and it's so wholesome and so sweet. And watching your family and your family grow up and your relationship with your mom. And like, I think that you just have so much like just ray of sunshine energy. Um, Thank you. So that's definitely how I would describe it. But I agree. You are kind of hard to put in a box. I I, I think part of that is I just struggle putting myself in a box. And I think I was in a career before where I was in such a box for so long that whenever I got out of it, I was like, don't put me in one. And so I think I put myself in this situation where I'm like, wait a second, you know, what do I do? Exactly. So to pick up at the end of your last episode, because we had recorded a really great episode, I had reached out to you from TikTok and I said, I would love to have you on my podcast. You were so agreeable. You're like, let's do it. We had such a great conversation. You're like, wait, stick around. I want your help with branding. And I was like, great. This is amazing. Um, So talk to us a little bit about that and why you felt it was time to kind of like level up the brand side of things. I just knew that, you know, we're going in this direction where we're taking my husband and I content creation full time. Since talking with you last, my husband left his job as a chemical engineer. So it'll be next month. It'll be an entire year since he left his job. Wow. And uh, I just knew that I wanted to have something to refer back to that kept everything consistent. And in the photography industry, so many people try to do their branding themselves because they have experience in Adobe suites, you know, and you can get away with that to an extent of, you know, like using a simple font and, you know, you can kind of do it. But what you'll learn really quickly is you really can't. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much talent and so much consistency that you can't achieve yourself without hiring somebody who's really talented and sees that brand side in a way that you don't. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'd been following when, whenever you asked if I'd be on the podcast, I'd been following you for a while on TikTok. Oh my and gosh. Loved content, loved seeing everything you were doing. Branding and graphic design fascinates me. I'm not very good at it. Uh, and so I really enjoy taking it in and learning from people who are. And yeah, decided yeah. You know it's time. 
It's still one of my most popular pages on my website. I redesigned my whole website over Christmas break and I had to put that one in there because it's the one that, and even in my Facebook group, people talk about like, oh, I love what you did for Joe. Like you nailed it because we just had so much fun with your branding. And I think that's a great differentiator again, from what you're talking about of kind of like sticking to a font or just picking something that's, that's simplistic and and clean. And and we kind of went opposite, like handcrafted, hand-drawn, and kind of that really like friendly community vibe, which totally fits what you've got going on. And to me, it was so fun. I did my first brand or like clothing collaboration with that to like Mm -hmm. see it actually on it was the most fun thing in the world to me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. So since then, actually tell us all the different branches of what's under the Joe Johnson Overby umbrella. I know we kind of hit it at the top, but what would you consider as being all the things that you do as a business besides just being as a person? So I am, I I think of myself as a podcast host. So Mm -hmm. I co-host a podcast called Middle Ground Podcast, which is currently in its third season with my friend Caroline, who worked with me for years. And then we went in together on middle ground. And that is geared toward women going through seasons of change in their life and just navigating that. We talk a lot about just self-worth and confidence and just trying to find your way a little bit. And I've really enjoyed that. And then also under the podcast branch is Oversharing with the Overbees. Matt and I launched our podcast this past fall and uh, have been doing that. I think we're almost up to 20 episodes now, which is wild. And that's been really fun just to share our lives and talk as a couple and uh, just give people kind of a longer format look into our lives. For sure. And then I have all of my photography stuff still. So I no longer am taking client work and photographing for clients, but I do still have online courses and presets for photographers. And so there's that branch. And then there's kind of the TikTok and Instagram branch of things, which is where I make all of my daily content and I show up for our community and our audience. And I think those are the main things. I think you do such a good way of like weaving all those things together. I followed like a hawk, your Joe Learns to Host series through the holidays, (laughs) through Thanksgiving and through Christmas. And talk about like... I think there's such an evolution in this content creation world of like being content curators as well. And considering we had this conversation in your branding, it's like if Joe Johnson Overby were a magazine, what would be the editorial and what would be the ads and what would the visuals look like? Right. And finding ways to get all those things to relate to one another. I think you do really well. Is there part of that that comes more naturally than other parts? I think for me, the thing that comes most natural is conversation. Mm -hmm. So any opportunity I have to have a discussion with people online rather than just showing up like Joe learns to host, that was really out of my comfort zone and people really encouraged me and I really enjoyed it. But I, that, that was very out of my comfort zone because it was showing up without being asked a question or without being prompted in any way. And just like, this is what I'm doing and I'm just going to document it for you and hope that you care. Uh, (laughs) whereas in the past, the thing that comes so naturally to me is just answering questions Questions. and talking with people and being vulnerable and having conversations and maybe saying things that other people aren't comfortable sharing of their own experiences. If that, yeah, 
Hit us with one you've had recently. Is there something that sticks out in your mind is like, ooh, I maybe you ruffled some feathers with that one, but I got to really express myself? I'm trying to think. I've definitely had those over the the years. Oh, one that I didn't expect to ruffle feathers, but it made sense to me after why it did is I posted a it wasn't a response, but I, I got a lot of responses to it of me at home, uh, at Lowe's. We were picking up product for a project over the weekend. And I asked everybody the question. I said, is everybody else also over the years just always doing a project, like always mid-project on their home, finding something new to do? And and most people were very nice. But I got an influx of people who were very upset by me saying that. And uh, I was really surprised. But it's it's something that I've really had to navigate the last couple of years through content creation because there are a lot, like they pointed out to me, they're like lots of us can't afford to do that. Okay. I was wondering, I was like, what could the opposition be to having projects? I, know. Like, I, <laughs> I don't understand. Because that's something I've really had to learn how to navigate. Totally. Because yeah, like that, that makes sense to me and you want to be respectful of everybody. But also, I wasn't saying everybody should go do this. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So that's been a really, I think that's what it's come back to is not just people being able to financially handle things that you're sharing or, you know, but also are they emotionally capable of taking on something that you, and like, do they feel pressure from something that you're posting to feel like they should be? And is that really my responsibility as a creator to carry, you know, everybody right, else. Right, anger. right, right, right. That's, I feel like, where I have met the most opposition. But I honestly don't feel like, compared to a lot of my friends that create content, I don't feel like I am very polarizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that that's, that's a really good space to be in. I feel that way as well. Like, I, it's more of like, hey, look at this cool thing I made. And I want to explain and show you how I made it and bring you along for the ride. So I don't get as much of that. My sister, on the other hand, is a wedding planner, gets yeah. all kinds of responses because there's so much like emotional baggage that comes along with, and you worked wedding industry, of what yep. people deem worthy as spending money on. Right. Yep. And so when you start to get into that, like, oh, this is how much this venue costs, or this is what these floor, like those florals, I can never imagine spending that much money on something you'd throw out. Like people, there's so much judgment, I guess, wrapped up in it. Well, and I think there's so much emotion wrapped up in it too, because, and this is where I try to put myself in other people's shoes, because you see somebody spend $10,000 mm-hmm. on floral and you, as somebody in a completely different circumstance are like, well, their flowers don't matter to me. And that would pay off all of my student loans or all of my credit card debt. Or, you know, it's one of those things where we always center ourselves in our framing. Mm -hmm. As a creator, I think you really have to consider that because was the issue really you buying the flowers or is it that person that's going through something that's really tough and they're centering themselves, which to me, like, I think it's honestly healthy to center yourself on some Mm -hmm. of that stuff to comment. Mm-hmm. Maybe like people don't, you know, but it's a balance. And so I, I learned, I got a lot of comments like that as we did this renovation. Your dogs heard my dog, huh? We love that little dog interruption. Um, but to your point, I think there's, I've seen plenty of creators as well who have um, struggled with getting those kind of comments or when someone calls them out or tries to have this opinion of like, 
Like I think of, I can't remember her name, but she's a fashion creator who's very English. And she had some people being like, this is ridiculous that you're perpetuating this lifestyle and blah, 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 blah. But again, like as a creator, is it your responsibility to protect yourself from everyone's circumstances? I don't know. It's still something I'm having a hard time navigating. I think emotionally, not so much. I don't know that I take it personally. Like it doesn't necessarily make me feel bad about my myself or about things that I've chosen to do because I have all the information. I have all the nuance. So of Mm -hmm. course I can justify my behaviors. You know, it has been hard for me to not want to defend myself and be like, well, here's all the nuance and here's, and I'm like, they don't care. No, no. don't care. That's not why they're upset. And so definitely taught me a lot about how to talk with people and communicate with them and make them feel seen and heard while also sharing things that you've done that can inspire them for the future. And we really did. We ran into that a lot with renovating the house where people have hot opinions. Hot opinions. Yep. People are so mad about our primary bathroom. That's honestly what I should have said when you asked. I didn't even think (laughs) that's the hot button issue, huh? They hate it because why they're like, you don't have blinds. They're like, people are going to stare into your bathroom and come and murder you at night. Okay. Yeah. Are so upset. And I'm like, we own all the property around us. They're like, that's even scarier. Oh, you know, all right. like, what if somebody buys it and they, they build next to you? I'm like, why are we, <laughs> why know? are we doing the what ifs? I was going to ask if you thought it got more intense after becoming a parent, like people's uh, feedback and opinions. You know, I don't think so. I, I think we don't share a ton of our daughter. We, we share her here and there, and we definitely share our lives as parents and she definitely exists within our content. But I really protected myself from that because I was not mentally <laughs> available in order to yeah. take that kind of criticism. I think for a lot of moms, it does. It goes through the roof. But I think people in general and the online kind of landscape right now in general is just kind of angry. Yeah. I get that vibe as well. I get that vibe as well. And I think also the reason that yourself and myself, like we don't get as much of the brunt of it as maybe some other people that are online is that we set the example for how we want people to interact with our brand. And I think both of us are really rooted in our boundaries. And I've had to do this a few times on like a TikTok live or whatever, where someone comes right in like full steam ahead. What font is that? What do you use? What is this? Like, where did you go to school? And it's just so like, and I was like, guys, I have so many resources. Like, I love that you're asking the questions, but there's so many resources for you through my podcast and my blog. Like, I'm happy to share, but like, please just do your due diligence and like do a little bit of a deep dive. Cause I've been on a few of your lives before and you same thing, like get the same questions over and over. And you're like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. And just kind of redirect. You don't have to be aggressive about it, but just kind of like you're setting the example for how you want people to interact. And, and, and I think that that speaks volumes to your audience. Like it's, even if they're not commenting, they're just kind of watching from the sidelines. They're learning by w- Wilson. Are you going to be on this podcast? I hope so. Thanks buddy. But yeah, to talk a little bit about what it's like to kind of set the example or be an example in an online space. I think that the most important thing is that you treat people with respect and you let them not elevate you. That's what I've had to really, yes. really work on is even if somebody's saying things that trigger me or elevate me or for whatever personal reasons of mine, people are always like, oh, what are people saying? And I, I feel like 
I don't even feel like pointing out the comments is that helpful because I don't know that it would offend other people the way that it does me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's based on some childhood thing I experienced or like, you know, it, or something that I'm not even looped in on that I'm like, oh man, that really hurt my feelings. Why? And so I think really honing in on that and practicing the skill of staying level and not getting frustrated and not responding in a frustrated way to people in order to have a really open dialogue. Because I really, I firmly believe deep down in my soul that most people have no clue they're being hurtful. Of course. I'm not saying Like there might be some people out there who are like trying to get stuff started. And, but I did a poll on my Instagram stories six months ago that asked if like people have ever left a mean comment. Or I haven't. Comment. No, and it would never cross my mind. Well, 98% of people said they've never done it and have never thought about it. Yeah. See? I got I got over 20,000 responses. My and goodness. looking at that, I saw names of people who have left hurtful. And oh, hate. no. <laughs> oh, no. Fine. I'm not there to uh, like right. police them. That's not why I asked. But it made me realize I think so many people just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that is, I've, I've had to set a lot of boundaries with myself before setting boundaries with my audience. I, I think for me, the biggest thing is I don't just ignore questions. If people are asking something and trying to get a conversation started and trying to get me fired up, I'll sit and have the conversation with them. And I think that's important to me because then people know how I address it and they know mm-hmm. how I feel. And, uh, but, but it's focusing on that, not getting elevated. <laughs> Yeah. What are some of those questions that you get asked all the time? Oh gosh. It ranges. A a lot of people like to ask and really want like a list of boundaries I have around how we choose to share our daughter or, and a lot of people want me Mm -hmm. to speak on how I feel about what other people do. Uh, So they come in and they'll be like, well, if you believe this, how do you like, how do you possibly be friends with this creator that has opposite views of you? Interesting. Like you hate them, right? Or like you think that view's stupid, right? So I've really had to be like, you know, like because these are people that I'm really friends with, of course. You no, know? because I have friends that have views different from my own, and, and like, that's well, I can- not only important, but it's very healthy, right. very healthy. And people will come through in comment sections, and you know, I could never be friends with somebody that thinks things differently than me. And uh, I, I've really had to. Again, not get elevated and think, how are you expecting the world to evolve and change and for people to find their way in the direction you want them to if you're not willing to have conversations with them and have them feel heard too? Totally. It's so important that everybody feels heard, whether their opinion is blatantly wrong to you or not. Because if they don't feel heard, why would they listen to you? Exactly. And this, this comes up in a professional capacity as well. Like I can think of conversations I've even had with clients in the last few years that I notice already in my own self-growth, I've gotten better at because it used to be that if I got feedback from a client that they were unhappy with my work, I took it so personally and I either would get like defensive of like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Or it would be like, I would try to sugar correct it. So sweet. Then throw give them everything in the world just to try to make them happy. And I think now I was even telling my sister and my mom this, this last week, like I had a tough conversation with a client and I was like, you know what? I stood my ground in a firm way, but I, I prefaced it with saying like, 
ultimately I want you, you're my client. You've paid me money. I want you to be happy. I want you to be satisfied. And I'm willing to like get us there together. Like I'm not going to just throw in the towel and say, I quit, but it's this interesting boundary of, especially I think with women, there's a tendency to not talk straight and talk right to the point, but to either beat around the bush or be so protective of everyone's feelings. And I value clarity so much. And this whole clarity is kind. And, and, uh, I think that's Brene Brown, right? Clarity is kind. I think it is. She's fabulous. She's great. And I think that that messaging sometimes gets lost because the emotional or the the insecurity of being judged or being perceived in a certain way interferes with our ability to be direct. Well, and it's so interesting because doing the podcast now with Matt, he has gotten a whole nother look into being a woman in this industry. Because oh, totally. I posted clips from the podcast where he is saying something not offensive, but we'll take out context on purpose in order yeah. to make it, you know, where people are like, what? Um, and they're in the comment sections and they're getting mad and it will only be Matt that has spoken and uh, people are livid at me. Really? Yeah. We, we had one video. I don't remember the context of what we say in it, but that went pretty big and the comment section was this woman clearly like abuses her husband. I feel so bad for him that he's in a situation that he feels like he has to say things like this. And like, like, I mean, it was, there were some vile comments. Oh my vile. gosh. You guys and can't see me, but my jaw was on the floor there for a second. <laughs> it's okay. Like it didn't hurt my feelings. I feel like I told Matt, I was like, I'm used to this. And Matt was flabbergasted. Like he was like, you didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. He said, you asked clarity on what I said, because you weren't understanding what I was saying. He's like, I'm the one that said the thing that was insulting to men. He was like, I was the one that, and I said, "Uh uh-huh. But the only way you would possibly have those opinions is having an awful woman around you. Oh gosh. That makes my skin just crawl. And it's crazy to think about because like it's 2023, like what are we doing that we're, we're assuming that these opinions, like that, especially in a couple where the female maybe has more of like a presence to start, right? You would kind of agree with that in your dynamic, right? Yeah. It was your, you had kind of kickstarted your content creation career and then Matt had quit his job and now you guys are working together. This is how my parents started their business. And so like, to me, this is like, oh, this is the dream. Like, of course. Like, And I've dated people before and they've asked me to put my my business on the back burner and I've said no. And it's been an issue. And it's kind of this weird thing because there's still this societal assumption that there is a has to be a hierarchy between couples. And Absolutely. I don't think I don't think that that has to exist. I don't either. Yeah. And it's not how we exist. I, I think that different people, different things work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. I think people should find what really fits them, where they both thrive, and especially you have to take into consideration the things that you want to be doing, mm-hmm. but it, it really is interesting. Matt at like, I don't know, it's been really interesting watching him navigate the last year because he said, you know, there are just so many things that he doesn't or didn't before think about. Like we'll go to a party or an event where we don't know anybody and you know, people are cutting up their talking and <laughs> they'll go to him and they'll be like, so what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a stay at home dad. Mm-hmm. He's like, nothing kills a conversation faster. Really? And he's like, it's not that people are upset. They think that's great. They're very supportive, but they don't know what to say to him. Oh, yeah. It's like seeing it's like seeing a, a wild coyote. You're like, oh, 
there it is. <laughs> I don't know what to yeah. do with, with this new information. Yeah. Interesting. Like, okay, well, I don't know what to do with that, you know? Uh, yeah. And it just it speaks a lot to what our culture and stuff has become and what it's focused in and how far we have to go in terms of just evolving. Oh, completely, completely. Where do you guys think that you get your emotional maturity from, the two of you? Because you strike me both as people that are very rooted in family and boundaries and respect and confidence, but also acceptance of other people. Where do you think that comes from? Matt, I think it is an organic thing for him. I think that is from the time he came out as a child, who he was deep down. And it's something that I have always admired about him so deeply from the time that we met in high school. He was a 15-year-old boy, you know? Mm And he's brilliant. He won't say that, but he's one of those people that he's just brilliant. Uh, The books and the math and the language and the, you know, his brain works on overtime to understand all of that stuff. And he definitely had the opportunity as a person to be that really smart guy that is so smart. You can kind of look down at everyone around you Mm -hmm. Um, or even accidentally kind of give that energy. And instead somehow, he, when with others, gets on their level in a way that makes them feel so seen and heard and uh, supported. And I just, I've learned so much from him in that capacity. And he's also always been really good at accepting people where they are for who they are, not who they can be, not where their potential's going, nothing like that, just where they are and him being okay with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I was not always that way. I think mine's much more forced. Yeah. <laughs> it's learned. Yeah. 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 Not necessarily by me as much as by circumstance. You know, my right. mom was diagnosed with MS when I was three, almost four. I grew up in a very different family environment than most, really never knowing, you know, where my mom's health is going to be. Mm-hmm. Health has really declined in the last 15 years. And, you know, it's left us on our ed- the edge of our seats all the time and really having to seek out what are we grateful for? And because if you spend too much time focusing all the things you're like, quote unquote, missing out on, you're just going to be sad. And won't you be sad if one day she's gone and you spent all the time you had being Worrying. sad about what you were missing out on in the moment? You know? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Having such a... a vivid representation of that in my life constantly and lots of therapy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, because I had that going on in my life and I was a young kid, I had the opportunity to talk to mental health professionals really young. And I I think that shaped me a lot. Yeah. And Matt too. We both have awesome parents. Yeah. We really do. Our both, both of our parents are still married they are all very accepting and willing to have conversations with us about our differing opinions. We see the world super differently and everybody just knows that the family part's the most important. Yeah, definitely. And I don't meet a lot of people like that. Yeah. And it's a privilege that I've had that as my example from both my in-laws and my parents my entire life. Like that is what got us where we are, undoubtedly. Absolutely. I'm surprised that the other thing you didn't mention as being the hot button topic, which I know you've addressed before, is how you acknowledge and accept your own personal privilege. 
because I've done this on my accounts as well as saying like what you just said, like I have the privilege of having two parents that are still married. I have the privilege of being us being a really close family unit. And what sometimes that really does give you this, like you do have, I hope leverage is the wrong word, but it's something that you start to notice how thankful you are for it. Once you get to know more people or you get older in your life or you see like, what a miracle that your two parents as two individual human beings could come together and like create this kind of environment. I have that for my parents. Well, for sure. I also had a really, another, again, I had a front row seat. My sisters are my half sisters. Mm-hmm. So they're from my dad's first marriage. So I had a front row seat. I'm super close to my sisters to talking to them about their experience and understanding that I had something they didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it changes things. It doesn't mean that my sisters haven't had absolutely fantastic lives, and their moms remarried to a great guy. And I, you know, I've known her my entire life. It's an extension of my family. I'm really fortunate to have everything that I do in that way. But it still doesn't mean it wasn't different, and it didn't provide different, I don't know, benefits and yeah. privileges. Yeah, and and it's the same way that I talk about like. I've now been running my business as my ninth year. I started when I was 20. That's a privilege. Oh my God. It's been a, a, a grind, but a good one. But it's also, I would never have started my own business without my parents encouraging me to do so. They were the ones I was sitting on the floor over the summer in Tahoe with my parents. And they're like, yeah, just start a business. Like, just try it. And if it sucks, go do something else. But I didn't have the pressure that, you know, some of my, my students in my in college had of like, oh, you're not going to be an art major. You can, you can major in accounting, but you can't just major in art because that's not a career or which like is hilarious now because look at the way everything has gone. But I really had the privilege of having two entrepreneurial minded supporters, cheerleaders from day one. And I didn't have to make a full-time income straight out the gate. That is a huge privilege. And so to see people who are like, oh, how did you get started? How did you leave your corporate nine to five? I was like, I never had one. Like I never did that whole world. So it's it's interesting. And I think that the word privilege gets people really fired up as well. It does. It does. I was going to note that whenever you said, I'm surprised that you didn't point that out. Yeah. Because that is something people get really like upset about. Mm-hmm. But to me, the upset is so rooted in a misunderstanding of the term that I don't even think of it as those people being angry or rude. I'm just like, oh, they really don't understand. Right. Right. And I, that's okay. <laughs> I think it's because people correlate being privileged with being spoiled. And I think they're actually, there is maybe some crossover in the Venn diagram, but it's, they are not the same. Because and I also yeah. think there's huge dialogue around white privilege. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's been super triggering for people, um, yep. which makes sense, I guess. Like whenever you for the first time realize like everybody wants to think of themselves as innately good, you know? Of course. And white privilege is not based in something good. Even if we didn't ourselves decide that's how it was going to be, it's something we benefit from every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. No matter how much deconstructing you're doing, no matter how much awareness you have, I benefit from it. You benefit Absolutely. from it. Like it, it just is. And that's a really hard pill to swallow. And some people just will not because they think that it, it, it takes away the hard work that they've put in, the totally. dedication they've put in, the hardships they have gone through. Totally. And I'm like, no, two things can be true. We can mm-hmm. hold two things at once. Um, but I think that's been the biggest kicker with it. I agree that people don't want to be spoiled or to be, you know, all these things, but I am. 
Yeah. And I'm going to own it too. Like same, like I have gotten some incredible privileges. Absolutely. And part of that, like you're saying, and I think there was a really great quote actually I saw on TikTok, God bless TikTok, um, that said like, it said, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Yes. So you can be born into a system that's not your, you know, it wasn't even, it wasn't TikTok. It was yesterday on Sounds Like a Cult. They were talking about diet culture. They were talking about diet culture and they said, it's not your fault that you're a victim of this system, but it is your responsibility to like unlearn and to do the work and to understand and to not perpetuate the problem. And right. I was like, oh, I love that. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. I think well, that's and I one. think people feel really uh, burdened and overwhelmed by that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It feels so big and it's like, it doesn't have to be big. Right. Right. It can be stepping in. It can be saying the right things. It can be dropping the right names in a room mm-hmm. that you have been in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do those things, you know? And do them because it's the right thing to do and not because you're looking for accolades or you're looking for a badge or a cookie or a trophy yes. or any kind of recognition, but do it because it's the right thing to do. And I talk about that a ton across the board just with relationships because a big part of my platform is people want to know, how do you have all these girlfriends? You have this huge group of girlfriends, which I don't necessarily even think about it. But the first time I shared my bachelorette trip, people were like, what is happening? And there's no way you're still friends with all these people. And I'm like, yeah, I I am. I've hosted showers and been to all their weddings and, you know, they're important to me. And they're like, well, how? How do you guys not have problems and things? I'm like, mention their room and names full of opportunity and become befriend people that you are so deeply proud of that you can't imagine not sharing and talking about how incredible they are to anyone Mm -hmm. that'll listen. It changes fast. Totally. And I feel like your audience loves it when you guys have like crossover videos with your, with friends that you've met through TikTok, like when you're hanging out with Anna and Brew and I'm like, yes, I love these people. And like, you just love to see good people with good people. It just like makes you warm and fuzzy inside. We're so fortunate. Like we've, we've had the best journey in terms of connecting with people and making yeah. friends like how you and I have gotten to connect totally. and become friends because of this I, I'm just I don't know I'm really grateful for it and I want more people to have the tools in their belt to be able to do that in their own lives yes yes and that reaching out is not as scary or as hard as you think no that's I think something that people miss is like and the, a podcast is a great way to do it but you don't even have to have a podcast if there's someone that you want to get to know or there's someone you want to befriend like there was actually a podcast episode, also armchair expert, which I love. They had an episode where they were talking about like making friends and they were talking about how we each like emotionally have so much hang up about wanting people to reach out to us. But then how often do we reach out to other people and just say like, Hey, I miss you. I'd love to catch up or Hey, I'd love to get to know you. And how, how excited we would be to receive it is all the reason why we should be giving out that energy. Exactly. And uh, this week I've been talking a lot about hosting on my page because I've had a ton of baby showers and things. Mm -hmm. It is the season of the baby shower for me in my life. All my friends have been having kids and a lot of my friends are having their second child, but didn't have a shower during the first because of COVID. COVID. We're trying to like go all out for theirs too, since their original showers got canceled. And people were like, why do you do this so much? And are people forcing you? Like, are they making you like not forcing you? That's probably right, not right, 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 right. They're like, are they asking if they can use your house because X, Y, Z? And and I'm, I was sitting there thinking, like, this is such a funny like thought process because to me, 
these people have been my friends, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them for 10 plus years. Totally. I, my friend, Brittany, who I talk about on the internet all the time, I'm like her biggest (laughs) fan (laughs) ever. Uh, and she's just a mom in Northwest Arkansas, but she has just inspired me through my whole life. She's just, she's so cool. And I've hosted, I hosted her engagement shower. I hosted her bridal shower. I hosted her wedding or her first baby shower. And now hopefully going to be able to host her baby sprinkle. Mm. You know, we've had all these events for her through the years and you just celebrate your people. Totally. And if you're the person that gets filled up by those kind of things, which I am as well, like I starting last year, got in the habit of hosting dinner parties in my one bedroom apartment. And we've got a guest list now that's like up to 16 to 20 people for any like random Wednesday night dinner party. And it's so fun because everyone has to basically like sit on each other's lap around the table. And uh, it's so fun to like mishmash people from different areas of your life together. Yes. It's and let people the best. Know another. And the thing is, you don't have to do it at your house. Like totally, totally. But that's the thing that I was like, you can go, you know, rent out a private room at a restaurant, be involved like somebody else in your friend group is hosting, but you're showing up with all the plates or the yes. XYZ. I don't know. But just really diving in. It's that same thing about reaching out. If you want to be somebody who, when it comes to celebrating you, you feel celebrated mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, you know, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. up in capacity, make sure you're showing up for all the people that you want to show up for you. Mm-hmm. It's reciprocal. It's like the energy exchange. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't always work out. Like it's not a one for one. You can't, you true. can't keep tabs. True. True, true, true. And it's a balance between those things. And I understand the emotions with it because sometimes, you know, people don't show up. And for me, I just always try to think, you know, we're all going through a lot. That as well. And having grace and gratitude for people who aren't in that space, I think is important. Just as yep, important. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I have to ask you, because it's a huge trend right now on TikTok, is everyone's ins and outs for 2023. By the time we're recording this, it's January. I don't think it'll be January by the time the episode comes out. But nonetheless, what are your kind of ideas or words for this is in and this is what I'd like to leave behind? Okay. In, um, oh, this is so hard for me. My friend JC did an entire post about this yes. and she texted me to have her help me. And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> I had nothing. I think for me in is being intentional, mm-hmm. slowing down, mm-hmm. screen free time, mm-hmm. going outside. Mm-hmm. I like all uh, these so far. Comparison is out. Yep. Overconsuming is out. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else are the big things. You know what I want to be out? Child-free versus mom discourse. Oh, out. yeah. Let's drop that one. I, I agree. For that to be gone, let's yeah. just all love one another and realize that both are equally awesome and we're going to celebrate with each other. And speaking on that, just as a note, because I just talked about baby showers. Heck, if your friend gets a promotion, have a dinner party. That too. Mm-hmm. If your friend, you know, buys her first home, help her celebrate host it. A or whatever it is. Like, celebrate that stuff too. Just right. noted here somewhere. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's a good one. It's, it's so the in for that would be celebrating achievements, just like achievements, lifestyle achievements, life achievements are great. Right. Right. Because it doesn't have to be babies. It doesn't have to be marriage. It doesn't have to be, we need to be celebrating all of our friends and that stereotypical path. And I I feel like I am the worst person to talk on it because I am the most 
stereotypical chick on the planet. Like I married my high school sweetheart, you know, had a baby, you know, I, I did everything in the traditional order, but that's not the only way that deserves celebration. Yes. Agree. Agree. Oh, I'm channeling all that energy. I'm turning 30 this year and I have always had this vision of like having my 30th birthday in Italy. So I've booked an Airbnb and I'm taking my friends and we are doing a full like white Lotus style, hopefully no murder, but white Lotus style, like big vacation, Italian coast, Aperol spritz, sit in a lounger, like striped umbrellas, the whole thing. And I'm like, I'm going so extra for this. My birthday's June 4th. Okay. Mine's June 15th. Yes. Yes, for June babies, Gemini babies. I don't know why we probably talked about it at some point, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's one of those things of like why why the heck not? Like we're here. Like I'm not gonna wait till for a wedding or anything else crazy and for to go celebrate with my friends. It kind of like takes the pressure off in a great way. So my bachelorette trip, which I've mentioned a lot today. Wow, (laughs) (laughs) sounds like you need a vacation, Joe. We went to Palm Springs with all my girlfriends. Yeah. And it was like the best trip we've ever done. Right. And so we've talked about for our 30th over and over again because I turned 30 this yeah, year yeah. too. Yeah. And so that's what we've done. We're not necessarily Palm Springs, but we're like, we got to go rent something somewhere yes. and just all go together. Yes. Uh, yeah. Do it. Big fan of a girl's trip. Love a girl's trip for sure. Or a couple's trip. Like I have some friends coming up here. I'm up in Tahoe now and of the dinner party group, we've got a few couples that are coming up here. And I think I'm the ninth wheel, but that's okay. That's okay. Like, it's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. I have never been one to think about that. Yeah. Whether people are married or in relationships or, you know, have kids, don't have kids. True. We got a really good mix in our friend group because it's kind of irrelevant when you come down to it. Yes. True. True. Agreed. Oh, I love this. I love your ins and outs. Those are good ones. Anything else strike you as an out? one big in one big out for the year that you do I oh gosh um on the spot the outs I agree with you with screen time that is my biggest thing I'm working on and and because it affects everything it affects my mental health it affects my sleep it affects my it's my job and it's my livelihood but there's the limit and boundary I've already set for myself this year which I've done a good job at so far is like with like 80 percent success rate is not leaving my phone in my room at night Man, that is hard to do, but I already can tell that I get better sleep. And I'm like, then when when my alarm goes off at 7 a.m. in the other room, I'm like, okay, I guess I have to get up and go turn it off. And I'm not just going to scroll TikTok for 45 minutes in bed. Like, that's a treat now, you know? I want to. Oh, believe me, I want to. So that's the screen time thing is definitely an out in, um, yeah, celebrating things, celebrating things and celebrating friends in a way of like, celebrating them on those little milestones that don't have to feel like big milestones. Yep. But just noticing, like taking notice of people more. Cause I think sometimes I can get like really insular and like very like, Oh, this is what's on my plate. It's so easy to do. Totally. So paying, like just being more aware, more awareness is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, if people want more of what you've got, they want some more Joe in their life. Where can they find you, follow you, connect with you, all of that good stuff. They can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, anywhere that you have a handle, YouTube, at Joe Johnson Overby. Yay. And they find my podcast at Middle Ground Podcast and at Oversharing with Overbees on everywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube. And I think those are my main things. Great. 
We'll take it. Yeah. Come find me. We'll hang out. (laughs) We'll hang out. Wonderful. Well, I always love chatting with you. And I always love that we get to catch up on a podcast. That makes it extra fun. I know. Me too. Great. Awesome. Well, have a great rest of your day. And thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you later. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Don't forget to follow along and leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll see you in the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group for years and years of behind the scenes content and over 5,000 connections with fellow creatives. For show notes from today's episode, please visit mkwcreative.co slash podcast. This episode was edited by Berta Wired and theme music comes from Eliza Vera and Nathan Menard. Catch you next time.